Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, yeah. What's going on, DMV? You know who it is, Youngest in Charge Movement, Linnell Willingham. Here with you live and local on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Ride with me. And to take you up to 10 o'clock here on this Wednesday night edition of Overtime. Back in the saddle, first time on OT and what feels like forever. Let's go. Day before the biggest Washington Commanders game of the season. It's only week five. I understand it. But tomorrow night, third straight sellout for the good guys. Thursday night football. Her backyard band is performing live in the Legends Plaza beforehand. It's expected to be a vibe tomorrow night at FedEx Field. The good guys coming off a tough loss on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll be completely transparent and open and honest. I have completely unplugged myself from sports talk radio since Sunday, since Sunday night with the post game show happened. I have, I have completely unplugged myself. I've stepped away and I read headlines. I read the press clippings and I hear folks talking about Sunday as a moral victory and everyone's all upset with the defense and people want to fire Jack Del Rio. We'll cover it all here in the next three and a half hours. A little primer for you. Michael Phillips, 815 MP on the mic. Over on one of our sister stations, 9-10 a.m., the fan in Richmond. He is set to join us, formerly of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Very plugged in still on the Washington Commanders. We'll get his thoughts on the QB1 and how the franchises look through the first quarter of the season. Speaking of the first quarter of the season, every year it feels like in the National Football League, the sloppy play goes on longer and longer and longer. And right now it feels like, yes, we're officially through the first quarter of the season, but I still feel like I know nothing while feeling like I know everything, if that makes sense, right? Coming into this regular season, all off season, the big storylines, the Chiefs and their Super Bowl title defense in the AFC, in the NFC, what does San Francisco look like? Brock Purdy coming back. Can Philadelphia replicate last year's success? Was it just lightning in a bottle, or is that who the Philadelphia Eagles are? In the AFC, Lamar Jackson gets his big contract. The Steelers, one of the teams, if you all were listening to overtime during the offseason, the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the teams I hyped up. And then they come out in week one and get absolutely battered over the head by the San Francisco 49ers, who I famously have said I feel like is overrated now. You can call me crazy. They're one of the two remaining unbeaten teams in the National Football League, Philadelphia and San Fran. I'll tell you just how good I think the Niners are coming up uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. We get to Nell's Super Six Pack, of course, the most highly anticipated power ranking system uh, in all sports talk radio. I'll give you my top six teams in the National Football League. Big time shakeup this week in Nell's Super Six Pack just because the weekend was crazy. The weekend was, was absolutely ludicrous. And as we get geared up for week five, Washington and Chicago kick us off. Before we get full-blown, full-scale into the Washington Commanders, I have to talk about the game that I think coming up Sunday night is the biggest game of the weekend. The San Francisco 49ers, Mr. Irrelevant himself, Brock Purdy, bringing his undefeated regular season record at home, hosting the Dallas Cowboys, a football team that I've been very high on. Since the start of the regular season, they had a little hiccup 
against the Arizona Cardinals a few weeks back. They've been able to overcome some big-time injuries to their defense. But it's just going to be a really good slate of games this weekend. I'm excited to see it. Obviously, though, our attention really focused on Washington and Chicago, which gets us started uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night football. We get to figure out who the hell this team really is. And that's kind of where I'm at with this group. We had the stinker at home a couple of weeks ago against Buffalo. We saw what it looked like on Sunday, the resiliency that this football team showed, the ability to bounce back, improve what I thought going into the Buffalo game, which was so ironic. I felt like going into Buffalo that Washington could compete with any team in the National Football League. Now, obviously, on the heels of that game, the week after, it felt like the sky was falling around here. It felt like doom and gloom. It felt like all of the big-time question marks we had going into the season felt like they still remained. But after four weeks, I can confidently sit up here and say, I still don't know who the Washington Commanders are. But that's okay. That's okay. Chicago, a big-time game. You got Atlanta next week, which is, if, if this is, if people are dubbing this a must-win game, which I am because you can't be considered serious as a NFC playoff contender if you can't beat Chicago. But next week, the big-time matchup going up against the Atlanta Falcons on the road, a team that you're going to be battling for playoff positioning for all season long. Damn sure excited to see that. Anyone who looked at Washington's schedule, when we looked at Washington's schedule this offseason, as we were getting geared up for this Week 5 matchup at home, primetime against Chicago, I think everyone probably thought, the majority of us thought, that Washington goes into this game at 2-2. Two and two. But the way that they've gotten to 2-2 two and two is really why the conversation here locally has been so polarizing. And that's the perfect word, I feel like, to describe the Washington Commanders right now. They feel like the most polarizing group in the NFC because the performance that they put on Sunday the performance that they put on Sunday lets you know what I thought before Buffalo. Like I said, it felt like going into Buffalo that they could compete with any team in the National Football League. Then 37-3 happens. Then the sky falls. Then Ron calls out the football team via the media. Then this past Sunday happens. And if you were listening to the Take Command pregame show, final segment, myself and Denton Day joined the program, and I said, you know what? It feels like it feels like Washington is going to win this football game. I always say styles make fights. The bread and butter of the Philadelphia Eagles coming in, coming into Sunday was pounding the football. DeAndre Swift was the NFL's leading rusher. Philadelphia top 3 in the NFL in rushing yards per game. They were just in a spot where it felt like they could be had. And I'm so proud of how Washington came out offensively. I'm proud of the way Sam Howe played. I'm proud of the way the offensive coordinator bounced back, talking about Eric Bieniemy, Because unlike the rest of my colleagues, it felt like that was public enemy number one coming out of Buffalo. I felt, and I wore it on my sleeve when I was asked about it, it felt like coming out of Buffalo, Eric Bieniemy did not consistently put Howell in this offense in positions to succeed. And I thought it was the complete opposite on Sunday the balance that this offense was able to show, the patience that Eric Bieniemy was able to show, sticking with the running game. You only ran it for 3.8 yards a pop. It wasn't sexy by any stretch of the imagination. But when you are going to commit to the running game, when you have a young quarterback, you must commit to the running game. And when you do, anyone with a football brain knows this. You got to be okay with a gain of zero. You got to be okay with a gain of two. And all afternoon on Sunday... It felt like Washington was able to maintain that balance. The play-action passing game was effective. The quick passing game was effective. Sam Howe in rhythm and on target for most of that ball game. My number one takeaway coming out of Sunday, though, and it's such a cliche that's always used when talking about the National Football League, it is truly a game of inches. As we did the in-game show, Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live, I, I continue to say it. It just felt like on Sunday, for, for whatever reason, Washington was on the wrong side 
of every close bang-bang play, it felt like. Obviously, we can go back to the Terry McLaurin catch that was a no-catch in overtime. We can go back to the short yardage situation, the decision not to go for two. But at the end of the day, I'll continue to say it, the resiliency that this group showed last Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles gives me all the confidence I need to say, you know what? (laughs) I didn't know who they were coming out of Buffalo. I damn sure don't know who they are coming out of Philadelphia. As the season plays on, we'll get more answers. It's like that everywhere across the National Football League. I kind of started off the show saying this. Long way to go. We're still trying to figure out who's real and who's not. But after the first quarter of play in the National Football League, we're in for a long, long season. And like I said, as each waning moment, as each week goes past, you get a little bit more clarity on who's who. You get a little bit more clarity on who's for real and who's not. But as far as this weekend's concerned, I kind of circled the two games that I'm looking forward to. Obviously, tomorrow night, my squad with Washington and Chicago. And then Sunday night, Dallas and San Francisco, two teams who we're trying to figure out also who the hell they are. I feel like we'll have a big-time answer to that coming up on Sunday. You all know how I get down those. The People Show, tapping with me all show long, one of three ways, MGM, National Harbor Lister Lines, wide open, 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It is at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk all things Washington Commanders as we get geared up for Thursday Night Football against the Chicago Bears. Coming up next, though, like I like to do each and every episode here on Overtime, it's time for Nell's Quick Clicks. And guess what? The New York Jets quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, already trying to beat the system with his Achilles rehab. You don't want to miss what he had to say about Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey on the Pat McAfee Show. We'll let you hear from Aaron Rodgers next as the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. It's Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief. Coming up at about 8.15, our pal Michael Phillips, the host of MP on the mic on our sister station, 910, the fan AM in Richmond, is set to join the show. Years on the Commander's Beat covering the Washington Commanders. He'll help us get geared up for Washington's Week 5 matchup tomorrow in prime time against the Chicago Bears. Set it at the top of the show. Every week there's a home game, I kind of go, are they going to put the tweet out? Are they going to put the tweet out? Third straight sellout for the Josh Harris era. One of you fans on Twitter, one of you creative geniuses out there, named the Josh Harris group the Hogs, the Harris ownership group. I love it, by the way. Three straight sellouts for this group. They're doing it the right way. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, the last time we were at home, Josh Harris didn't get a game ball. I don't even know if he wanted to drink any beers while that was happening. Hopefully he drank a lot of beers as he watched Washington get their heads beat in 37-3 to 
at the hands of the Buffalo Bills. Hopefully their fate a little bit better tomorrow night when they take on the Chicago Bears. Right now, though, as promised, want to get to A.A. Ron and Nell's Quick Clicks. Here's Nell's Quick Clicks. So stop me if you've heard this already because it is a couple of days old at this point, but I, I, I figured as soon as I as soon as I heard Aaron Rodgers make these comments, he immediately found himself in my rundown in Nell's Quick Clicks. And it is not for the exact comment itself, which we'll let you, which we'll let you hear here in a second. It's more so, it's more so about me tooting my own horn and praying on the downfall of the New York Jets, because all off season I told you, if you actually listened to me, that the Jets would fall flat on their face. I didn't tell you how they would fall flat on their face, but I did tell you that it would happen. This group, offensively, now I know it was a little bit better Sunday night against Kansas City with the Swifties in attendance. I get it. But damn, they have been god-awful offensively. When Aaron Rodgers was out there for his couple of plays in week one against the Bills, it didn't look too spectacular. What the hell happens next for the New York Jets? Because I constantly say it. Robert Sala, Kyle Shanahan, I think we may be getting ready to add another coach to this list as well, uh, and being in the NFL Illuminati, as I like to call it. Kyle Shanahan for sure, Robert Sala for sure. How often is it that you get to swing and miss on a top five pick at the quarterback position and then get to keep your job afterwards? Is what we're witnessing in San Fran. Kyle got lucky with Brock Purdy. And then Robert Sala, on the other hand, he seems like he's not going to be as lucky because Zach Wilson does not look like the Zach Wilson from BYU. All the metrics alleged that he is the worst starting quarterback in the National Football League right now. Can't really argue that if you watch the play. And then his savior, his scapegoat, so to speak, and Aaron Rodgers, the guy who was supposed to come to New York and save the damn day and end sports' longest playoff drought, he popped his Achilles in week one. Not only did he pop his Achilles in week one, the Jets are now off to a one and three start. They lost Sunday night at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs. And then it's as if being injured and not being able to help your team was enough. Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show and had this to say about Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. I didn't have a crazy game. And, uh, you know, Mr. Pfizer, we kind of shut him down a little bit. He didn't have, you know, his, like, crazy impact game. Obviously, he had, you know, some yards and stuff. But I felt like for the most part, you know, we played really tough on defense, especially the last three quarters. And Mr. Pfizer. Mr. Pfizer is the nickname that Aaron Rodgers has for Chiefs All-Pro tight end Travis Kelsey. Now, I have an issue with the comments for a multitude of reasons. For a multitude of reasons. For Aaron Rodgers to be taking a shot at Travis Kelsey for doing Pfizer commercials, because this is what this is about. Travis Kelsey has famously done some Pfizer commercials, and I hate to get political with you all and bring the pandemic back up, but damn it, it's relevant at this point. Are you kidding, Aaron Rodgers? We gave you a pass for, for, for doing the psychedelics. You got a pass for not wanting to participate in your, in your team's offseason program. You got a pass for sticking up the joint last year. But you won't get a pass for your ignorance. To take shots at Kelsey for doing Pfizer commercials when Rodgers' checks are literally being signed by the hair to the Johnson & Johnson pharmaceutical fortune in Woody Johnson is absolutely ludicrous. It's the most asinine thing I've heard all season. And, and Aaron Rodgers so good, so good at coming up with nicknames. Why didn't he come up with a nickname for the New York Jets offense? Can I read you out some stats for the New York Jets offense? 15.5 points per contest. 15.5 points per game for the Jets offense. Can I, can I raise you... Can I raise you third down conversion percentage? They come up dead last at 26.5%. Come up with a nickname for the putrid offense of the football team you let down and leave Taylor Swift's boyfriend the hell alone. Oh, had to get it off. Had to get it off my chest. Had to get it off. Had to get it off. We'll get a full-scale preview of Commanders and Bears coming up next in Linnell's lead line. Manders 2-2 two and two at the quarter pole, right in the thick of the playoff picture. What do they have to do to get a W tomorrow night in primetime against the Chicago Bears? I'll tell you next right here on The Fan. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Just getting rolling here on this Wednesday night edition of Overtime. It's the Youngest in Charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief. Plenty to get to before we get out of here. We'll take a big picture look at the National Football League coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Our pal Eric Eager, the host of the Sumer Sports Podcast with former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov. He is set to join the program. We'll ask him all things burgundy and gold as well as take a big picture spin around the NFL. Like I said at the top of the show, after four weeks of playing the National Football League, not only, not only do I know absolutely nothing, right? <laughs> I also feel like, I also feel like anyone who pretends that they know what's going on is just exposing themselves. And I'm going to sound like an old head when I say this. Guys need to play in the preseason. See, it's hard for us pundits out there to go write a team off after four weeks. But me and my colleagues, we've done it. Teams like the Cincinnati Bengals being written off all of a sudden. Uh, a team like the Minnesota Vikings, who a lot of people had high hopes for coming into the year. They've been written off. The Pittsburgh Steelers look like a shell of themselves. Deshaun Watson, which we'll get to a little bit later on in the program. The situation going on in Cleveland that I feel like no one's talking about. He was medically cleared to play on Sunday in their game against the Baltimore Ravens. But said, you know what? Psh, nah, I'm okay. Probably, go, probably went to go get a massage instead of play, right? It's absolutely crazy that no one's talking about what the hell's going on in Cleveland. We will discuss it coming up a little bit later on in the show. Right now, though, I want to take a big-picture look at what we have on tap for tomorrow night at FedEx. Third straight sellout uh, for the Goodfellas. I mentioned this small detail earlier that I'm sure only the older portion of the crowd wants to hear. Rumor has it, Backyard Band performing live tomorrow at Legends Plaza before the game. So definitely make sure you go out and tap in with them. But let's let's get right into it, man. As we sit here at the quarter pole point in the season, Washington's 2-2. Two and two. They're right in the thick of the playoff picture in the NFC. And it feels like, and gosh, I, I tossed and turned on this all afternoon before I came in here, but I'm going to have the unmitigated goal to say it. It feels like after four weeks of play, we're a lot closer to finding out who the franchise quarterback of the Washington Commanders is going to be moving forward. I'm willing to go out on a limb and just based on the power rankings and the QB rankings that you see across the National Football League, Sam Howell right now, arguably the most polarizing quarterback in all of the NFL. He's shown you really, really good stuff. And he's also shown you why he's a fifth-round draft pick. But it's our job, and it's the commander's job, really, to try and figure out who he really is. And to me, for the duration of this season, obviously to the team and to you fans out there, that's the most important thing. I always fall on the opposite side of that coin. I care about wins and losses. But, hell, if I can get a clear-cut answer as to who Sam Howell is before the season's over – 
Give it to me. Give it to me. But if you look at every analytic, every metric that there is, it bodes well for Sam Howell. It bodes well for Sam Howell. Your favorite pundits from NFL Network and ESPN and Yahoo and whatever, everyone seems to have their eyebrow raised, so to speak, at Sam Howell and this commander's offense. And it's for good reason. What we saw them do against Philadelphia, honestly, it frustrates me. It frustrates me more than it makes me excited, more than it makes me drool, so to speak. Because guess what? I will continue to say it. I did not think it was possible for them to put on the lackluster offensive performance that we got two Sundays ago against the Buffalo Bills at home. Second straight sellout in front of 150-plus alumni that bleed burgundy and gold, that laid the groundwork and laid the foundation for what you are right now. None of that mattered two Sundays ago, which is why not only is Sam Howell the most polarizing quarterback in the sport to me, I think Washington right now is the most polarizing football team in the National Football League. And it's so crazy, and it just lets you know how much we really know as fans and media members and talent evaluators, so to speak. Because if I would have told you four weeks into the season, the biggest problem with the Washington Commanders would be them giving up explosive plays in the pass game, you'd look at my ass like I got two heads. You'd think I was tripping, tripping. You'd think I'm on crazy pills, so to speak. But ladies and gentlemen, as we get geared up for Chicago tomorrow night, that is the big Achilles heel with this football team. As we move throughout the show, we'll start looking at some quarter poll questions, so to speak, facing the burgundy and gold as they get ready for a crucial stretch of play on their schedule, I might add. And while we, while we have a second, I don't want to look past Chicago because that's the irresponsible thing to do. But I said it at the top of the show, you lose to Chicago, they better cut off my damn key card. They better turn the mic off on me. I won't be tolerable if they lose tomorrow night to the Chicago Bears. Because guess what? If you are a team that wants to be taken seriously in the thick of the NFC playoff picture, you cannot lose to one of the only 0-4 teams in the sport. You just can't. You just can't. I don't care how you do it. It doesn't have to be in dominating fashion or so to speak. It doesn't have to be a three-touchdown game because I just know that this franchise, ever since I've started watching them, is incapable of winning by that much. But you've got to win. You've got to win. Because look at your next five games. You're getting ready to enter the most pivotal stretch of play in your season. After Chicago, you get 10 days. You get 10 days to rest up for B. John Robinson and the Atlanta Falcons. And guess what? Newsflash, right? Yeah, Washington was much better stopping the run Sunday against Philadelphia. But the run defense hadn't been phenomenal to start the year, and it's something that I've been questioning dating all the way back to the preseason opener against Cleveland. So that's not going to be a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination. You got to go on the road against the Giants, a team that you couldn't beat last year. Let's just call it what it is. You had a tie, and then you lost at your crib for all the marbles. Those two games are must win. Think about this. We're already writing off Chicago. You beat the Bears. You beat the Falcons. You beat the Giants. You go into your rematch with Philadelphia At home, I might add, with a 5-2 record. 5-2. 5-2. Metal Chris, if you can. I know this is probably a crazy ask. When teams start off 5-2, pretty good chance you make the postseason, right? Pretty good chance you punch your ticket as one of the seven best teams in the conference. The last time this football team started off 5-2, and two, Alex Smith was under center. I remember that game at home against the Houston Texans. The leg break heard around the world completely altered the trajectory of this franchise. It did. Fast forward to 2023, and you are once again right back in that spot, but it looks a hell of a lot different. It looks a hell of a lot different. Because at that point in time when Alex Smith was under center, we had no bleeping clue 
who the franchise quarterback for this team was going to be moving forward. And as we sit here getting geared up for Thursday night football tomorrow night, I still don't think we have a clue who the franchise quarterback of this football team is going to be moving forward. But I tell you what, I tell you what, Sam Howell looks a lot closer to being the damn answer than he looks to being the problem. Right? And for years, it felt like quarterback has been the problem for this football team, which is why Ron has gone the route he's gone at quarterback. Retread veteran after retread veteran after retread veteran. Because this regime and this staff, for the past four years, have felt like they've been a quarterback away. Yet through the first month of the season, this defense can't stop a damn nosebleed. This defense is amongst the league leaders in explosive plays given up. Yet I'm supposed to believe that we're a quarterback away. Okay, it's all fine and dandy. That's the beautiful thing about all of this. It is a 17-week season. Or excuse me, it's an 18-week season. They had 17 strikes at it. They had 17 cracks at it. I started going on my diatribe about this offensive line back in the summer after I got to watch a couple of training camp practices. It always felt like that, you know what? This locally and nationally, for that matter, is the biggest question mark on this roster was the offensive line. I said it from preseason game number one in Cleveland. I don't think this offensive line is going to be a big, as big of a problem spot as some of us may anticipate. And fast forward through the first quarter of the season, ladies and gentlemen, not only, not only is this offensive line not the biggest problem on the team, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say this offensive line has suddenly, magically, turned into one of the strengths of this football team. Every metric, every list, every analytic that you look at, it speaks favorably in terms of this Washington Commanders offensive line. And yes, I understand there is one, there is one big hole on this offensive line right now for Washington. It's Andrew Wiley. Andrew Wiley has been the weak link of this group. I understand that completely. But you can't judge an offensive line by its weakest link. You judge it by the sum of its parts. And based on the way this offense has looked in two out of the first four weeks, last week, the way they looked against Philadelphia, the the bona fide best pass rush in football, the guy in Jalen Carter who leads all interior defensive linemen in pressures, they handled that group pretty damn well, didn't they? They handled that group, that group pretty damn well, didn't they? And it gives me the confidence to go out and say what I just said. When this season first started, our biggest question mark was the offensive line. After the first month, not only are they not a question mark to me, I'm willing to put my name and put my reputation on the line and say that they are one of the strengths of this football team. That offensive line has completely exceeded expectations. And we're at a point right now where all of the onus, all of the finger pointing is going to start going towards the defensive side of the football. That's just fair. That's just right, so to speak. When you invest that much capital into one side of the football and you're amongst the league leaders and explosive plays given up, you don't deserve a pass. I don't give a damn about slow starts. I don't care about the record being two and two. I have expectations. There should be a standard within that building as to how they go out and play defense. And through, and through the first month of the season, they have not lived up to that. And that's honestly one of my biggest questions. Speaking of questions, Washington, tomorrow night plays their fifth game of the season. We are at the quarter pole mark. In the National Football League. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, I'll give you the biggest quarter poll questions facing the Washington Commanders. We'll take your calls on that, too. That's next here on The Fan. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Ride with me. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief. He'll take you into the wee hours of Thursday morning. Speaking of Thursday, the biggest day of the week for your boy is tomorrow. Because I look at a Commander Sunday. It's obviously my biggest and most favorite day of the week. We got a primetime matchup tomorrow night at home. Third straight sellout for the good guys. They host Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. But before we hone into tomorrow night, before we look at Thursday night football under the microscope, I want to look big picture here for a second when it comes to the Burgundy and Gold. I want to look big picture here for a second. Because like I said at the top of the show, if I would have told you this offseason that through the first month of the season, Washington would have shown signs of offensive greatness. If I would have told you that Sam Howell has shown glimpses of being this team's franchise quarterback, we'd have been like, man, what are they, three and one? Two and two? The two and two. And when you look at the schedule, when we all talked about it, all offseason long, I think you you if you had a brain, right? You projected this group to come out of this opening month. Two and two. You know on paper you're probably not better than than, than uh, Philadelphia. You know on paper you're probably not better than Buffalo. You're right exactly where you're supposed to be right now. You're right where you're supposed to be. Sam Howe. Which version of the fifth-round quarterback should I buy into? Because if what I saw... Week two on the road against Denver. If that's the real Sam Howell, this group is in a real, real good spot moving forward. If the guy I saw on Sunday against Philadelphia is the real Sam Howell, for the first time in a long time, this organization may have their franchise quarterback. But as I said at the top of the show, through the first four weeks of the season, I don't think it's crazy to go out and say that Sam Howe is probably the most polarizing quarterback in all of the National Football League. There's been plenty of good, and there's been plenty of bad. And as we sit here four games into this, I think you'd be lying if you said you had a firm grasp as to who this kid really is. And it's not just the Buffalo performance as to why I'm questioning who Sam Howell is. It didn't look that damn good against the lowly Arizona Cardinals either. But when you do it against Philadelphia, the way you did last week, you earned some credit with me. Let's dive into some of the numbers in terms of where Sam Howell ranks in the National Football League amongst starting quarterbacks. See, this is really, to me, This is really, to me, where I look at Sam and I go, you know what? While it may feel like, while it may have felt like the sky was falling after the week three loss against the Buffalo Bills, everything he showed me last week and on Sunday against Philadelphia leads me to believe, you know what? This kid's pretty good. This kid's pretty good. I think it would be irresponsible for any of us at this point to go out and say, you know what? He is for damn sure the guy. Because like we saw and like we found out against Buffalo, when you are dealing with a rookie quarterback, and that's essentially what Sam Howell is at this point, a rookie quarterback. When you're dealing with a rookie quarterback, you got to be prepared for the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows. And we saw just how low we could get two Sundays ago against Buffalo, and it scares me. It scares me to death. It scares me to death. Because guess what? We had this conversation about two weeks ago when I was on our sister station, the Team 980, with the rooster, Chris Russell. We asked the question, who's more important to Washington's offense? Eric Biennemi or Sam Howe? And I think after the game against Buffalo, it's very clear and very apparent, and after the game against Philadelphia, that Eric Biennemi 
is the difference maker within this group. Sam Howell is the same quarterback that he was on Sunday. He was that same guy against Buffalo two two Sundays ago. He was. But to me, this past weekend, Eric Bieniemy with play calling, with situational football, did a much better job of putting Howell in position to succeed. And it's very clear, it's very clear through the, through the first month of the season what the identity is of this club. Balance. Balance matters. And I'm not going to go out and say they got to be some run-first offense, but they got to have some semblance of balance. And it's not just because of the personnel you have. To me, it really has everything to do with having and establishing an identity. Every team in the National Football League has something that they hang their hat on. The Buffalo Bills, the guy that they feature in their offense is Stephon Diggs. For the Dallas Cowboys, they feature their running game. For Philadelphia, they feature their running game. For the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey is featured. You get, you get where I'm getting at with this? What we saw on Sunday is the blueprint for what this offense should look like moving forward. What you saw Sunday, what you saw Sunday needs to be successful. And understand when you go back and look at the box score, he throws 41 times. Washington only runs it 28 times. Damn it, that's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. Because it felt like at points during that game that they were throwing to set up the run. Because when they scored their second to last touchdown in that game, what did they do? They went back to the ground attack. But I feel like I've gotten off track here. As we sit here four weeks into the season, First month gone down, the quarter poll mark. What are your biggest quarter poll questions facing the Washington Commanders? I want to hear from you all on this. MGM, National Harbor List of Lines, wide open. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. As we sit here at the quarter poll, what are the biggest question marks to you facing the Washington Commanders? I told you what one of mine was. Who is the real Sam Howe? Is it the guy we saw against Buffalo that turned the football over five times? Is it the guy that we saw against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday that showed balls of steel and led this group to an ear upset? Which guy is it? Another question I have about this Washington Commanders football team, I kind of already got into it at the top of the show. Will this defense get turned around? And as I was getting ready for the show, I get turned around. And I wanted to be a lot more harsh than that, but I understand that it's the first month of the season. You just took on Buffalo, who looks like right now the most high-octane offense in football. You just took on Philadelphia, the reigning defending conference champions. There's some context to be had with Washington's defensive woes. But I keep going back to one number. One number to me really tells the story of Washington's defensive bugaboos. I'll tell you that number next here on The Fan. Welcome back. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock here on this Wednesday night edition of Overtime. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. We are also simulcasted on our, excuse me, we're also streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Uh, per usual, coming up in about 45 minutes or so, we'll have our pal Michael Phillips stop by the program and give us his thoughts and preview Commanders and Bears Thursday night football tomorrow night. Commanders trying to get the record to over 500 at 3-2. and two. And as I said earlier, they get ready to enter a really pivotal stretch of play here in the schedule. You kind of feel like you know they're going to beat Chicago tomorrow night. And I I said what I said, so to speak, right? If they don't beat Chicago tomorrow night, you can't be considered serious amongst teams in the NFC legitimately trying to make the playoffs. Will you jump through a table if they lose to the Bears? (laughs) 
If they lose to Chicago, I'll jump through two damn tables. Uh, seriously, though. And, and, and clearly, I haven't learned my lesson, right? Good God almighty. I, I think that's really why the Buffalo loss stings a little bit more to your boy. Because my idiotic self bet that I jumped through a table. And clearly, that hasn't happened. There's one guy on Twitter, my guy who normally goes by Fat Poet on Twitter, has now changed, has now changed his Twitter handle. I got to find it here. I saw him tweet it earlier. He's changed his Twitter name to Linnell Get the Table. So people clearly are waiting for me to hold up my end of the bargain, so I'm to speak. For, I, I will film it. I will, will gladly film, film you doing you know it what? just to make Chris, sure we can get that on social media. You know what, Chris? I'm sure that was not the biggest hurdle we'd have to overcome is figuring out who would film me jumping through a table. But look, as we sit here right now, I want to go to the phones here. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listing Lines. You can tweet at me as well. It is at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. As we sit here at the quarter poll, what are the biggest quarter poll questions facing the Washington Commanders as we get ready to enter the major portion of the schedule, so to speak? And looking at the next four games, home for Chicago, at Atlanta, at the Giants, and then you're home again for Philadelphia. If you handle your business, you should be 5-2 and two heading into this game against Philadelphia on October the 29th, on Halloween weekend. You should be five and two. You know what would stop this group from getting to five and two? What would stop this group from getting to five and two is if they continue to play defense the way that they have over the start of the season. And I'll be honest with you, during training camp, the way this group was flying around and the way this offense was struggling to move the football, it felt like a guarantee that Washington was going to be at least, at least a top five to seven unit in the National Football League. But I have numbers, ladies and gentlemen. I have numbers that completely go against that. I I just, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating for me. Washington, 29th in points allowed per game at 29 per contest. I understand that number can be skewed a little bit because of the fact that this offense has given up touchdowns, so to speak, right? This is one of the numbers that really scare the hell out of me. And they're not even bottom half. They're 17th in the NFL, an opponent third down conversion percentage. You know why that number is so alarming to me? They were number one in the National Football League last year in that exact same category. In that exact same category. So to me, anytime a group that has this type of expectations, anytime a group that has invested this much capital on that side of the football, re- regression is unacceptable. Let's just call it what it is because I don't want to overstate anything. I don't want to speak in hyperbole. But you're 20th. You're 20th in the NFL in opponent passing yards per contest. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts who coming into Sunday hadn't thrown for 300 yards yet this season, completely diced your defense up. Everyone was talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and what was wrong with their offense and would they get back on track at some point this season. You know what sucks? Why is it that always, why is it that everyone always gets on track against us? Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offense has looked elementary all season long. They've really shown no ability to consistently push the football down the field, yet when they play us, they look like the greatest show on turf. It's extremely frustrating. It really is. And I'll continue to go back to my number one issue. You're in year four of running the same system. And if you want to be technical, it's technically year two or three of the same system because they went to this match zone. But damn it, the personnel is the same on all three levels. You invested so much capital, so many resources on that side of the football, yet this is the results that we're getting. Yet this is what I'm up here talking about. Not the fact that Sam Howell is coming off arguably the best performance of his young career. No, that's not what I'm talking about going into Chicago. I'm talking about this piss-poor defense that Washington's trotted out there the first month of the season. And it's not like it was just a one-off. They were up 
or excuse me, they were trailing 16 to nothing, 16 to nothing for about 44 minutes two Sundays ago. Yet you look up and the final score is 37 to three. You know what the common denominator is, though? You know what the common denominator is during Washington's first four weeks of the season in terms of their defensive bugaboos and their defensive woes? The common denominator is this. They are amongst the league leaders in explosive plays allowed. That's runs of 10 or more yards and passes of 20 or more yards. Washington is god-awful in that department. And the thing that's so disheartening about all of it is that I thought this group was past that. Rewind to the 2021 season. The year of miracles is what I like to call it because Ryan and company decided to go in with Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback option. They were supposed to be that damn good on defense that it was acceptable that we were going into the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick, yet they completely stunk the joint up. In 2021, they were amongst the worst teams in getting off the field on third down. In 2021, they were amongst the league leaders in explosive plays allowed. It's not very good. It's not very good where this group is right now. It's just not. And I feel like the more the more the season goes past, hopefully the better this group gets. But see, they get a little bit of a pass here. They get kind of lucky the next couple of weeks. The schedule gods are on your side right now. This is the get-right portion in your schedule if you're Washington. Chicago's offense outside of last week has been god-awful. The Falcons, I mean, London probably never wants to have Atlanta back after the performance they put on this past Sunday morning. Are you kidding me? Desmond Ritter, god-awful. The fact that people were comparing his ass to Sam Howell is a joke at this point. And then after the Falcons, you get what I like to call the worst team in the National Football League. I'm calling it the New York Giants. Outside of their second half against the Arizona Cardinals where they came back, the Giants have been outscored by 99 points. 99 points. That's horrible. Don't need to repeat that. Do you get what I just said? They were down 28-0 in the first half against the Arizona Cardinals back in week two. Talk about the Giants. They end up winning the football game. It's their only win on the season at this point. You take that second half away where they came back. They have been outscored 90, excuse me, they have been outscored by 99 points. Yet somehow they continue to be in primetime every other damn week. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen. But this isn't even about the Giants. It's about us. The reason I brought up the Giants, there's just no reason you shouldn't be 5-2 and two going into that rematch with Philadelphia. And you get three offenses that have really struggled to find themselves at this juncture of the season. So if you're Washington, you got to be feeling damn good about where you are right now. You got to be. Yes, the defense is struggling. But you got three straight games here to get it together against offenses that are JV-like right now. I can probably go play wide receiver for the New York football Giants. Damn wide receiver, though. Have you seen what they've trotted out there along the offensive line? Daniel Jones, Monday night, sacked nine different times. The only quarterback that has been sacked more than Daniel Jones is Sam Howell. And we understand why Sam Howell's been sacked. He's got a problem that he's working on fixing. But, whoof, got a real, real pivotal portion in in your schedule coming up here where you can get right. But defensively, to me, it starts there. It starts there. I understand Chicago showed signs of life last week against the Denver Broncos. I get that. But if they come in here tomorrow night and they march the football up and down the field and you can't get off on third down and Justin Fields is running amok, I'm going to be beside myself. I just am. Because guess what? When you're a coaching staff and when you're a regime and you're in year four of a five-year deal, you're really fresh out of excuses. And you have some built-in ones baked in on the offensive side of the football. Young quarterback, 
revamped offensive line, first-time play caller on defense, I'm not hearing any excuse that this group has as to why they've underachieved. It's a joke. Be better. You're supposed to be the standard of this football team. Yet you've come out and are giving up 29 points per contest through the first month. It better get fixed tomorrow night. It better get fixed tomorrow night. I actually got upset there talking about that for a second, Chris, because no, it bothers me. It really does, especially because all the talent they have littered on that side of the football. The computer just went out here in studio, so I guess that's the perfect time uh, for us to take a break. We'll take a timeout. We'll pause real quick. When we come back, I want to take a big picture look at the Washington Commanders. How are they being viewed in power rankings across the National Football League? We'll look at some power rankings next here on The Fan. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We are always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. The youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, will take you up to 10 o'clock before we dish things over to the JR Sport Brief. Coming up in about 30 minutes, about Michael Phillips, the host of MP on the Mic, over on our sister station, 9:10 a.m., the fan in Richmond. He is set to join us. You know, Michael, from his years of work on the Commander's Beat for the Richmond Times Dispatch. He's in our world now. He's a radio host. Weekdays 10 to 12 over on uh, 9, 10, the fan AM in Richmond. He will give us his thoughts uh, on the Washington Commanders through the first month of the season. And we'll also talk a little bit about Sam Howe. And that's where I want to go right now. I do, before we get into Sam Howe, though, I do want to look at some power rankings throughout the National Football League just to get a little bit of a gist as to where folks nationally have the Washington Commanders ranked. We'll start with the godfather of, of power rankings, so to speak, ESPN. Uh, ESPN, in their latest power rankings, the Washington Commanders come in 16th. That is after being 17th last year. So they actually they actually have improved. They actually have improved based on their loss Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. And there's a nugget in here, and there's a reason I wanted to go to these, these power rankings. I mentioned it earlier about Washington being amongst the league leaders in explosive plays given up defensively. Washington has allowed 11 pass plays of 25 or more yards, tying for the second most in the NFL with, guess who? The Chicago Bears. They've already allowed five touchdowns on explosive pass plays. That's two less than all of last season. So it just shows you where Washington is right now defensively. And I'll be honest with you, after watching this group for a month, the fact that the fact that defense is what we're talking about right now, good about it or whether to feel bad about it. So I, I just, I don't know. The reason I feel good about it is because we know that defense obviously is supposed to be the strength of this football team. We know that is where most of the talent is along this roster. The reason I feel bad about it is because it's like, damn, you haven't even played the best offense that you're going to see this year. You still got a date with Miami. You still got a date with the Rams, who've been lighting the scoreboard up. You still got to go at Dallas. You still got to take on the Niners. It's not like Seattle has been really good offensively to this point. So, to me, it's not like your defensive woes are just going to all of a sudden go away based on your opponent. Now, the next three weeks, as I've laid out, you better fatten up on the Bears, the Falcons, and the inept New York Giants. You just got to. But ESPN has Washington coming in ranked 16th in their latest power rankings. NFL, excuse me, CBS.com last week had Washington the highest in the power rankings of any group, or excuse me, of any outlet in the National Football League. Last week, CBS Sports had Washington as the eighth best team in the National Football League. And I said, wow. Pete Prisco's been really high on this group, so I'm not even going to look at him sideways for that. Okay. Okay. Pete Prisco put out his power rankings. Earlier today, and Washington <laughs> has fallen 
to number 21 in the National Football League. Pete says they showed much better against the Eagles than they did the week before. That's progress. Sam Howe was much better. Now, when I look at these power rankings across the National Football League, one thing that I constantly am looking at is who's above Washington and who's below Washington. Now, hearing these CBS rankings doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Some of the teams that are ahead of Washington. If you've watched the Pittsburgh Steelers play football this year, you know that there's no way in hell they're better than Washington. If you've watched the Green Bay Packers play football this year, you know sure as hell well they're not better than Washington. The Houston Texans, while they're a feel-good story, while C.J. Stroud is playing the best football amongst the rookie quarterbacks, he's third in the entire league in passing yards, you know sure as hell well Houston probably not better than Washington. So it's something I want to start doing every week. Where would I rank Washington if I had to do a set of power rankings? One through 32 in the National Football League. I continue to say it. They are one of the most polarizing teams in the sport. We have saw the highs of the highs against the Denver Broncos, and we saw the lows of the lows against the Buffalo Bills the very next week. And then we saw last week the resiliency, the first time this group has really faced adversity this year. Not only did they did they bounce back, it's like they were backed into a corner and they came out throwing butcher knives at people. They were hell-bent on Sunday. I truly believe this. I really do. They were hell-bent on Sunday to show the rest of the National Football League that they wasn't sweet for it, so to speak, that they weren't a bunch of punks. Because when you lose 37-3 to at the crib in front of 150 alumni, that's the equivalent. Uh, of somebody coming to your damn house, putting their feet up on your couch, smacking your wife on the ass. I mean, it's 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 so disrespectful what happened to them Sunday against oh, Sunday against Philadelphia. Oh, excuse me, Sunday against Buffalo. I keep saying it. I didn't think it was possible for them to lose that bad. Nonetheless, it happened. Nonetheless, it happened. So if I had to give Washington a power ranking as to where I thought they stood throughout four weeks of football, I'm comfortable saying they're probably, bear with me when I say this, they're probably the 15th or 16th best team in the NFL. Meaning right now they're right on the outside looking in in terms of the NFC playoff picture. You take seven teams from each conference. In terms of what they can be, what they will eventually finish as, if this defense ever comes around, (laughs) this could be a group that I genuinely feel like no one's going to want to play in the month of December and January. Because if they can figure it out defensively and lean into the balance that they showed Sunday offensively, that'd be a tough group to beat. Let's go to Anthony in D.C. What's going on, Anthony? Hey, what's up, Lenil? Thanks for taking my call, man. Yes, sir, my man. Yes, sir. How you doing? All right, man. Hey, um, I'm definitely, definitely encouraged about um, Sam Howell. I think he's doing a great job. He's a young quarterback. I'm not even worried about it. All I needed to see was some flashes. He showed me that in preseason last year. He showed me that against Dallas last year. I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about the defense. You know, they'll come around. They normally come around fifth, sixth game. Um, the past couple of years, That's anyway, true. once they get everything together. So I feel good about the defense. I do not like Ron Bavira coaching style. I mean, ever since he's been here since year one, is he always play not to lose instead of playing to win. And they call him Riverboat Ron. So all the things you just named yeah. and said about our team, how – um, we was hell-bent on winning and tenacity, and we wanted to show the rest of the league. So you do that by you going down there and you go for two. I could have I dealt with that. I could I could live with that. You do not go to overtime in a hostile environment. You're already the underdog. Let's try to win that game right there. So, I, I mean, that not only – I mean, that's just the latest thing he did. But it's just like he, – he just – 
is outdated. I mean, the way he thinks, and you know how he's a defensive coach, and they think, you know, play great defense and run the ball defense, wins championships. I get it. I understand that. But you have to be innovative. You have to put some points on the board. You have to – can I – when the last time I ever seen us block a punt? I've been a fan of this team for all my life. I've never seen us block a punt. I've seen us block maybe two field goals. I've never seen us block the punt. I've never seen us, like, just be innovative with, with play calling. Eric Bieniemy is dead now, so I'm sure things have changed. I just don't like Ron Rivera coaching style. He don't take um, enough chances, even when – we was in overtime, and it was a fourth and short one, and we punted the ball. I mean, take some chances. We got to play to win. I dig it, man. I appreciate the call as always, my brother. Yeah, look, I haven't really touched too much on the decision or or, or, or the lack thereof, so to speak, that was made on Sunday against uh, Philadelphia. But look, be very, be, 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 be very upfront and honest about this. And, Anthony, the last block punt for this team was in 2015 – Against the Jets, I remember that game. That was part of Kirk Cousins proving himself he was the that he was the guy here. I do remember that. That was at the Meadowlands too. But in terms of Ron's decision not to go for it on Sunday, I, I don't have a lot of rebuttal for it. I'll, I'll just give you this: anytime offensively that you have to motion your tight end under center to pick up a half yard, shows you just how confident you are and your team's ability to convert in short yard situations. And that was the case multiple times on Sunday. So I don't mind Ron Rivera deciding not to go for it. Take a quick time out. We come back top of the 8 o'clock hour. We'll continue to talk all things Washington Commanders. I want to look at them big picture in terms of where they are amongst the 2-2 and teams in the NFL. Washington, one of six 2-2 and teams in the NFL. Realistically speaking, where do we think they stack up amongst that group? And why? I'll tell you next on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 